Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. Do you want to change your name? On this show, we're Shit. going through God the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Give me a uh, uh, stall, stall. Colin, uh, this is the last episode of the season. And I am really excited because I've been scheduling a bunch of uh, people to record season two, which we will, <laughs> we're going to record a bunch of season two episodes. Mm-hmm. Both you and me on one on you know one v one solo missions, and also with a bunch of guests, and then all of a sudden Mike's going to come along and record the last episode of season one in a little bit, and then we're going to move <laughs> we're going to move on. So that's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, season two is stacking up really, really good. With with we got some guests we've talked to before, we got some guests that are going to be new, we got some guests we haven't talked to on this that. show at all. Uh, we're going to check off a couple more of those scavengers network. Can we talk to everyone from the Scavengers Network on our show checklist items? So it's going to be a good time. Oh. So, James, listen. Yeah. Uh, I, I fixed my name, so that's all we Got have to it. worry about. Uh, so this is Agent Carter, Season 1, Episode 8. And we're going to be starting at 33 minutes and 59 seconds and going until the end of the episode. And the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So here is what happens. The next morning... Peggy Carter returns to the office. I feel like it's an interesting way to start something considering. I love it. You know, but it's like if you should be listening to the episode before this. So now, you know, the next morning, Peggy Carter returns to the office. Passing agent sees her and does that moment that every extra always wants to do. And it's the slow clap, baby. The rest of the office joins in. Good work, Carter. Nice job. That kind of stuff, right? She approaches Sousa and Thompson, who stand in the middle of the room. Neither of them are clapping at first. Then Sousa kind of haphazardly goes like, clap, clap, clap. I think Thompson does some claps before we zoom in really close. Oh, gotcha. Okay, that might be it. Because I was like, hey, all right, Thompson. Good morning, Peggy. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is very fun. Like, I like that. It's like almost like she's like not wanting to actually talk to them, which is like, oh, you're here. (laughs) You're here bright and early, so I assume that means you'll be staying with the SSR. Oh, I haven't decided. I'm just here to pick up my paycheck. She'll be back. We'll keep your desk for you. Hashtag banter. Yeah, exactly. It's that, oh, look at, again, it's that kind of like, oh, are, are the three of us kind of cute together? Like, what what's happening here? Ooh, mysterious, right? Like, <laughs> girl might be moving on. Who knows? Uh, and then a bunch of other men enter. <laughs> Which one of you is Jack Thompson? That's me. The man shakes his hand. Walt Cooper, United States Senate. Which, okay, I understand that the Senate knows about them, but it's like, how did you enter this facility? Like, I feel like as a congressperson, you can't just enter any government building, right? (laughs) Right. That's weird. I mean, maybe if you're like the direct oversight, maybe, but still, that's wild. He also introduced himself as, as as if the United States Senate is the company he's from. Like, yeah, that's true. I'm a senator. <laughs> right. Uh, it, it's a senator. And then he's like, the baseball team? He's like, no, 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 son. No, no, no. The one on Capitol Hill. Anyway, uh, so he commends Thompson for the work he and his team did to keep Times Square safe. Carter and Sousa share a look. From what I hear, you saved thousands of lives. Thompson looks back at them. The city and the country owe you a great debt. 
We need more men like Jack Thompson. And his little speech continues and Peggy rolls her eyes and continues to deal with more of her work being accredited to others and or overlooked. Thompson shakes his hand once more saying he just did what needed to be done and also once again taking credit for something he didn't exactly do in the way that others perceived it. Hmm, crazy. Uh, the president wants to thank you himself. Well, maybe next time I'll vote for him. <laughs> again, hashtag banter. Right. Sousa asks Peggy how she can sit there and take that. She has an interesting delivery here. She goes, Daniel. <laughs> and he goes, I'm going to go tell him what really happened. Ew, hell, Daniel. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of what it feels like. Uh, hell, I'll tell Truman himself. He starts to walk away. Peggy tells him that she doesn't mind it. It bothers me. I saved that jerk's life. <laughs> That's a very funny line. I like that a lot. Yeah. And he, oh, sorry, I should point out that he says, I say that jerk's life. And he does like a very over the top point at Thompson in his office. Yeah. Very funny. Right. Uh, but she says that she doesn't need congressional honor or the approval of Jack or the president. She knows her value. No one else's opinion really matters. <laughs> and Susan's so like, I have no idea about my value. I need this credit. <laughs> He's like, listen, I don't have therapy. This, I need the validation, please. <laughs> So then as they kind of start to separate a little bit and kind of do stuff at their desk, Sousa's like, oh, uh, hey, you know, totally nonchalant, uh, and asks her out for a drink. Uh, and she politely asks for a rain check. She's like, I, I can't today, right? But And, of course, I think he takes that as like, a, oh, she's not interested. But she does say that she has to meet a friend, and she means it. Right. Because what's the thing that we see next? Oh, my dear sweet angel, Angie Martinelli. That's the friend that we get to see, none other than our girl, Angie. And they're moving into a massive property that Stark owns. Oh my God, you're kidding me, she exclaims. I know what you're thinking, Miss Martinelli, and yes, the drawing room has recently been refurbished in the neoclassical style. <laughs> Again, hashtag banter. Peggy gives him a hard time, right? On the small side, isn't it? It's one of Mr. Stark's quainter residences, yes. Right? Quaint. You could fit the entire apartment I grew up in in this room. Six bedrooms, eight bathrooms, a rooftop terrace for alfresco dining, and the library has a uh, sufficient collection of first editions. <laughs> Peggy mentions that it's a bit far from the theater district. I'll live with it. <laughs> Love it. And then she goes, you got a phone? I gotta call my mother. Naturally, there's a telephone in every room. And she once again goes, oh, my God, you're kidding me. She walks out. Unfortunately, she also walks out of my life for the rest of my life. And that that hurts. That stings. That's a yep. season and series wrap on Angie Martinelli. Yep. But yep. anyway, uh, so she does that. And then uh, they have a heart to heart moment. And they talk about the restructuring of things and. The things that Stark is going to do to, you know, basically take accountability and to fix the the, the mess that's been made. Uh, and Jarvis uh, also mentions that he is, you know, still at her disposal. He mentions again. Sorry, this is actually when he mentions that uh, Stark is uh, destroying all of the tech. Uh, and then Jarvis pulls out from his jacket a small vial, and he gives her Roger's blood back. Uh, and. You know, her emotion kind of gets caught up in her throat for a moment, and she asks him, Howard is giving me this? But Jarvis is the one that got it for her. He says, I may owe Mr. Stark a great deal, but he does not own my integrity. 
And so he, you know, he leaves her to to reflect and to have her moment and give her some space, give her some time, get, let her think. And again, Martinelli is somewhere calling her mother. And so next, what we have is uh, Bing Crosby uh, and Dixie Lee Crosby singing The Way You Look Tonight as Carter spends a final moment with Rogers, in quotes, before emptying his blood vial and saying goodbye. And that's a season wrap on Agent Carter. Mm. So I want to know, first off, right off the bat, what was the thing that just made you go, uh, I didn't realize that was his daughter. Was that his daughter, Dixie Lee Crosby? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they did um, like a um, something stupid, like the Frank Sinatra and uh, Nancy Sinatra did uh, something yes. stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And this, so this is also to, to be very clear. This is um, it, this is uh, Dixie Lee Crosby and Bing Crosby with Victor Young and his orchestra. Mm-hmm. That is that is this version of the of the tune and. Hang on one second. I'm gonna see. No, I'm so sorry. She was the first wife of oh, gotcha, singer gotcha, Bing Crosby. Gotcha. That makes a little bit more sense. Wait, wait. I think she was the original DLC. <laughs> okay, you're yeah, okay. Am yeah, I, she tell was. me I'm wrong. No, you're, I mean you're right. You're right. People bought that Bing Crosby, and they're like, oh, "This could use something extra." And then she was like, "Just the way you look." <laughs> they're like, "That's the sound I've been looking for." Let me hold it up to this phone that's in every room. Um, that's how you downloaded things back in the day. Yeah. I mean, in a way, right? We got a cassette I tape mean, and you it, yeah, I mean, put it not, up to something. Yeah. What I do love is when you look up Dixie Lee Crosby and you're looking at this thing, uh, you scroll down a little bit and you got Dixie Lee with Bing Crosby and their first son, Gary Crosby, 1933. It's fine that he spanks me. <laughs> He's a literal baby right now. Uh, Crosby Brothers, sons of Dixie Lee and Bing Crosby, 1959. And one of them looks frighteningly like Frankie Muniz in uh, in uh, Malcolm in the Middle. It's a little wild. Uh, but face she, James, the horse face boy, yeah. dog face boy. She had Gary Crosby, Dennis Crosby, who was like, "Stop talking shit about our dad." Uh, Philip Crosby and Lindsey Crosby. No, but it's it's honestly like it's such a nice arrangement. Um, yeah, it's really it's, nice. it's really lovely and like it's a interesting and fun little way of using that music too right because i think that like that song is always about i mean literally like you hear the lyrics i mean i'll, I'll read them in a second but it's always about seeing someone physically and like you know the way they sort of like the, the feeling that they give you right. right and it's interesting to have it in this moment where she is technically looking at him but not <laughs> Really, you know? Yeah. But it's also like an interesting way of looking at her, you know, and like and it it's 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 a love song, right? But like how how do I word this right? I think it's it's fascinating when you can also use a song to just be like, but like look at you now. Right. Right. And I think that's also what's happening in this moment. Yeah. Let me read these lyrics super, super quick and then we can get, get into it. some uh some any any thoughts about any of it. But sure. Let's talk about the way you look tonight. Uh, James, uh, I really appreciate your, I think it's a white t-shirt. Newfound Glory MTV style t-shirt. Oh, from yeah. the uh, 2021 acoustic live stream. It looks great. And do you have anything that you would like to say about me tonight? Uh, you're wearing um, clothes. You're, mm-hmm. you're, 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 you're uh, in the prime of your jersey wearing career. Thank you. So, I number 17. That. Thank and you, Josh Howard. 
Yep. And you have a hat on. I do. Which may surprise some people. <laughs> you have. Hey, turn the other way. Turn that. Look What's the it? other way. Look the other way. This way. Other way. Other way. Other way. Okay. When we talked on Friday, something I think it was just a shadow. It looked like you 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 shaved like your sideburns into like points, and well, I yeah, was I fascinated by shadow. It. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you don't have that look going on tonight. Oh, thank you. Okay, so here is the way you look tonight. Someday when I'm awfully low and the world is cold, I will feel a glow just thinking of you and the way you look tonight. Oh, but you're lovely with your smile so warm and your cheeks so soft. There is nothing for me but to love you just the way you look tonight. With each word, your tenderness grows, tearing my fear apart. But that smile that wrinkles your nose touches my foolish heart. Sweetheart, never, never change. Keep that breathless charm. Won't you please arrange it, because I love you and the way you look tonight. Oh, but you're lovely with your smile so warm and your cheeks so soft. There's nothing for me but to love you. Just the way you look tonight. Just the way you look tonight. Right, that would be something right. if it was my arrangement or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, I, I think it's it's nice, right? Because yeah. she's also, I mean, I don't know the the right way of describing this necessarily, but, like, I think that when you have that phrase of, like, just the way you look tonight, I, I've realized also now, like, kind of thinking about it as I was reading it, too, it's like, hmm. When you say like the way you look tonight, it's in quotes. Mm-hmm. I think that could also technically be a pastime as well. Sure, because it's like you're remembering it's, that night, and like that, that tonight. Kind it's of about a memory. Yeah, right. It's like a. It's like I'm taking a, a a mental snapshot, so that I can always have a memory of the way you look tonight. But that tonight is immediately in the past. But it's like right. But it's also out. like it's eternal in a way. Like right. I like that. Like reading through it, I am Icarus. Yeah, I feel like reading through it. Um, instead of like just hearing it, but like physically reading the lyrics, made me realize that the lyrics can be interpreted both ways. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's why they chose it, or I don't know what it is. But like, it's just heartbreaking. But yeah. also, like it, it's very freeing as well. Yeah. Because, you know, she still held on to that little vial and had it in her wall because she still wanted to protect him and everything like that, right? That's part of her speech, you know, when she was talking to Julie and them and stuff like that. Right. But, like, there's also this moment of they are terrified at one point that perhaps the thing that was stolen was his blood. And I think she realizes that maybe she can't always protect it or what happens if something happens to her, then who's going to protect it kind of thing. So it's like the only way to protect it is to get rid of it. Right. Yeah. Is to actually fully say goodbye to it. Yeah. I mean, it's important for her to let go because, I mean, like, she'll always have the memory. And with that memory intact, he's going to remain frozen in time, you know, for the rest of, of her life. And well, almost the rest of her life. Cause right. She, she doesn't die until. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Until mm-hmm. she hears. Mm-hmm. Whoop, whoops. What's up? Oop, oh, hang on. What did you oh, say? Uh, sorry. I think you're breaking up again. Did you say something? Really? No, no, no. Sorry. Okay, that good. that was a joke. <laughs> that was I'm sorry. That was actually bad. That was so Oh man, the realization on your face as you're like, "Ha, wait, really? Hello? <laughs> Can you hear me?" Ta- Hello? Ta- 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 Can we talk for a second though? Can we All right. 
It's no. a lovely scene. Great no, soundtrack. Sorry, yes, please. The sunset. It's it's lovely. Mm-hmm. I got to read what I wrote, though. Yes. I said, I get the symbolism, but she's pouring blood off of the bridge. So, like, hopefully there's no crosswinds or whatever, because that bridge, I believe, has two levels. Mm-hmm. It sure <laughs> does. So I said it would suck to get a face full of Captain America blood. Uh, although now that I say that, an origin story where I was I was walking along the Brooklyn Bridge, right? Oh, moon Bay. <laughs> that's it, that's it. That like, I can hear the captain's blood falling. Wait, what? You you should have seen the way I looked that night. Boy, Cold was my blood. face red. Uh, and you're like, oh, this is so gross. This is disgusting. What spider sense is tingling. Oh, what the hell? Why did I, I try to wipe my hand off on this guardrail and I crushed it? That's All my crazy. strengths and weaknesses, they're being amplified. <laughs> oh no. My fear of change. My 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 overwhelming my overwhelming feeling of pressure to perform <laughs> to perform well with a, powers and responsibilities. Oh no, my fear of dying alone. Oh no. <laughs> I'm even more single now. Oh my no. My fear of getting blood in my face. <laughs> I'm horrified. <sighs> <laughs> okay. I did say Jack's going to be Jack because like, look, we, you know, it's all fun and games until it's time to take credit. Because also it's political. Yep. Jack wants that promotion. Jack's like, look, who's going to get this? But I think that we're we're all in agreement that the blonde haired blue eyed guy should be in power. And they're like, what did you just, what? What did you just say? He's like, listen, that one guy was pretty fucking terrible, but not all of the ideas were bad. <laughs> right. right, guys? And they're like, no, Jack, this is not the way to go. Listen, I'm saying I'm just saying hair bleach and contacts, right? <clears throat> um Whoa, okay. So wait, are we making an accusation? What's are that? we saying that Jack is actually like a brown haired, brown eyed guy? And he's oh like, no, I was saying that Jack Thompson suggested that instead of uh exterminating people that don't look sure. like us, we just make people look like us. And by mm-hmm. us I mean him because I certainly don't have blonde hair or blue eyes and gonna move on. Uh, maybe <laughs> next time. Maybe next time I'll vote for him. Uh, he was talking about Truman, who yep. he hasn't had the opportunity to vote for him at all yet. Um, but right. that IMDb counts the goof. I don't count that as a goof because it's it's maybe next time I'll vote for him. I didn't have you know maybe the first time I have an opportunity to vote for him, I will. I mean, also I think we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier when we were talking about Dooley, not Dooley. I'm sorry, uh, Flynn, right? Talking about the vice president. No, that was, was Dooley. That was, was Dooley. That Dooley? Yeah. Yeah. And like I got the vice president like, calling it's me. Probably, at home. Yeah, it's probably like a snide comment, right? Right. About that kind of thing. I also think that it could be like a thing of, you know, when you vote for a president, you technically vote for a vice president. That's true. So That's true. it's it's also you know, pro- it, it could be tongue in cheek in, in more than one way. It could be like a I did not vote for his ticket, but maybe I will. but also like, you know, it really could also just be like a fucking joke about like it's like ha he's president and I didn't vote for him wink wink nudge nudge right. you know I mean again he's he's kissing ass like crazy right now right like he looks I mean, back at them to kind of be like ooh I'm so sorry about what I'm about to do yeah but this is great for me there's a scene in the office where Dwight gets a concussion and in that episode he and Pam have this like lovely friendship episode right. And at the end, she's like, oh, all right. And she gives him a hug. And he's like, what's that for? He's, and she's like, I just, you know, I'm going to miss you. 
because like he's right. gonna go he's back gonna to being normal. normal yeah. And it's sort of that same thing where it's like, all right, well, this was fun. Anyways, I'm gonna go back to screwing you over at every turn. See ya. He See ya next season. Around, he's like, oh man, this was so short lived. Worth it. Oh, oh my God. What if he was giving, he was like, I'm going to give them an opportunity right now to be like, uh, no, that was us, blah, blah, blah. True. Oh, yeah. I didn't take it. Anyways, it was he like this like, split second moment. Like, eh? And she, she doesn't do anything. And he's like, I'm not listening to Sousa. I'm not trying to potentially. Oh, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think that both him, that Peggy and Sousa are like, oh, Jack. Like, I don't think they're even mad. They're like, yeah, I mean, well, what do we, uh, well, what do we, one of them is. Well, I think, yeah, I think Sousa postures a lot more than people want to admit. Let's see. Uh, I said the Brits Brit the hell out of their Britishness. They really do. Oh, yes. Well, oh, I have to such and such. Um, he goes remember. so far into his like, oh, I'm posh. And I'm like, it's very funny to me where I'm like, listen, you're, all of your privilege, buddy, comes from literally being like a, a servant to a guy right. who has that shit. You know, like, I mean, right. granted, part of that is probably just to be funny. Right. You know, part of the way that he's like, mm, and a rooftop terrace for alfresco dining. As if, you know, Angie Martinelli's going to go, you know, make alfresco dining. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, that's not what she's going to be doing. But, like, it, the, I mean, again, he, the way he leans into some of the stuff of like, oh, it's, it's quainter. Yeah. It has a sufficient level of first editions. It's like, you know, it's almost sarcastic in a way, you know, you know, for him. I just want to I want to read what the what the exchange is because I, I think this is so charming. So he mm -hmm. starts. He says, "How refreshing to find some to meet someone who appreciates the finer things." Yes. And Peggy says, "I appreciate the finer things. I don't want to know what's happened in and on the fine things." I is, forgot about that. I can't believe I didn't write that down. He's That's holding so this little pillow and he looks down at it and he like then puts it down, which is very <laughs> funny. So I imagine looking forward to some peace and quiet at, le at the very least, having both feet on the ground. And he says, "Yes, I've allowed several of my duties to fall by the wayside of late." And then he says, my next project is is quite engrossing. A complete and total overhaul of the kitchen spices. She says, mmm, fascinating. And I'm just like, just like every, like they're trying to like, oh, I, oh, oh, we're doing British now. Oh, British, yeah. British? Okay, fine. Here we go. Like, it's like, mmm, fascinating. Yeah. It's just, the, I mean, it's, it uh, is like, listen, Martinelli's out of the room. We can be us now, baby. It's right, like, exactly. Let's get to the Downton Abbey finally. The Yank oh, is uh, out of the room. Going, Mom, you're not going to believe it. I also like uh, I.O. Howard Stark a great deal, but he does not own my integrity. That sort of is the answer to what we were talking about with Az a couple episodes ago about mm -hmm. like he does this stuff for this guy he knows is doing wrong stuff. So what does that mean? And I think that he also didn't necessarily have that perspective before. Correct. Or, or rather, he did, but it, it had never really fully come to the forefront yet. Like it, it hadn't yeah. gotten to a head. You know, like it was just like right. the worst it was was maybe a slap in the face. Remember, you know? he was like, "Um, I, I've done a lot for you. I've taken a lot of blows for you." When they're sitting in those shoeshine yes. chairs, mm -hmm. and he goes, but "I think this that, one stings the most." Yeah, exactly. Says, yeah, I think that's where it starts to be. He's like, "Wait a minute, am I?" Am I backing like the right person? And I think he is. I think he's. Are like, we the baddies? <laughs> exactly. A little bit like that, yeah. Um, and I have two pieces of uh, one piece of trivia, and then uh, and then we should go into our uh, final scene of the episode. Mm -hmm. The the one piece of trivia is uh, Neil McDonough was supposed to appear as Dum Dum Dugan and pilot the plane that goes after Howard Stark, but he ended up being unavailable, which according to the writers was a blessing in disguise, as it was m much more emotionally satisfying. To have the character of Jarvis pilot the plane. And I agree with that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, those are my notes, except for stuff about the next thing that happens. Right. Okay. So what happens next is, and what's funny is that like, I, again, I have this stuff and I almost forgot to mention it because I got on, on these little sidetracks here. Right. So what we see next is you kind of think, oh, it's over, but it's not exactly a post credit thing, but like, it feels like they should have technically put credits there and then do this, but because it's TV, it's kind of hard to do that. Anyway. So you think, okay, it's over. And then suddenly, uh-oh, oops-a-daisies, all post-credits. Um, I, had, I had too many jokes there. Right. Um, but uh, it's a guard who's, like, opening up a door, and he's letting someone in, and he's like, oh, what's that? What'd you say? Didn't hear you. <laughs> I'm fucking funny anyway. See you later. Right, you know, dipshit. Like, it's just a guard dropping off Fenhoff, slash Pachenko, uh, right. into a, a cell, right, a cell block. Right. And he has a, like, uh, how to describe that? I, 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 like I don't know muzzle. what they're called. Yeah, it's like a muzzle, but for people. And it's like, it keeps him from opening his mouth. It's like leather straps and a bunch of metal. And it's like very. Listen, don't picture the Hannibal Lecter thing. It's not the Hannibal Correct. Lecter thing. It's, it's he not can't that. talk as opposed to can't eat. Like yeah. Correct. Um, well, actually, I don't know. He pro- he probably. I was thinking that he probably is going to do a lot of milkshakes. Yeah, I, I don't know what the plan is for, you know, letting him eat. Cause when I'm, I'm like looking, I actually like pulled it back on my screen just now, just to kind of get a better look at this. What's funny is it kind of somewhat like feels like if you put just one small piece of flat metal over top of part of it, it would look like the goddamn Bane mask. Right. It right. is. But like what it does have is if, for example, one of the big deterrents essentially is there is a uh, very, very sharp barb basically that is jutting into his cheekbone. Right. So it's like, it's that thing of, it's painful just to rest and sit there. Right. But I think the concept is that if you open your mouth, when you close it and it comes back up, it's going to, it's going to like be a shit time. Right. When all they need to do is take his ring. I don't know if that's the only no, thing. I know. Yeah, of course. You know? Yeah. That's just a nervous habit. It's all in his words. He just, that's his fidget. Right. Spinner. Uh, but anyway, so the point is that he looks fucking dejected. The man is like, I mean, you know, his big, his big plot, yeah, all fell apart, right? And then from the darkness in the corner of the room, oh, what's that, James? There's a little voice. Oh, who is that? What's the voice say? He goes, "The food here is actually quite good. Mm, a minor consolation, I know." I love this part though because like he says stuff, but like Fenhoff can't say anything or do so. Like they just get these great close-ups of him being like, "Hmm, oh, mm. and, like, and like he can't do jack shit, right?" But anyway, so uh, you hear the movement of something, and the camera even kind of goes up, even though you can't see what's happening in the shadows. Right. It is very clever work to like to show you there's someone there, there's movement, but like they don't really show it it's great right yeah anyway, uh, to me like that's great cinematography anyway absolutely so he says you had a vision and it didn't come to pass and then he steps into the light oh my god it's arnim zola himself <gasps> and he says what is the point of anything now but given time and a bit of quiet oh new visions will arise I am familiar with your work on matters of the mind, Herr Doctor. It would give me great pleasure to hear your thoughts on this. Perhaps there is another way for us to collaborate. And he 
very casually walks over to a desk and picks up a bunch of papers and a pencil. And he slowly approaches him and says, I know things seem bleak, but you are, in fact, a fortunate man. Fenhoff is like, he's not exactly on the verge of tears, but when he says you're a fortunate man, the look on Fenhoff's face is like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it shouldn't be funny, but like, just the way he's like, you call this fortunate? Yeah. Like, it's like that kind of, it's like, but the bully picked on me at school. (laughs) Anyway. And so he goes, you are imprisoned. Yes. But it is an American prison. And America is the land of opportunity. And there's this great little evil stinger. Everything builds up and then cut to black. And then, even though this is not technically part of the clip, I just want to point out that the next thing you see as the uh, Agent Carter music comes up is special guest star Toby Jones. Yeah, I love when they save those credits for the end so you don't know to expect it. Um, So a couple more things. Uh, The music that's playing underneath uh, as the scene happens is the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hydra music which is kind of cool. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't either. And it's one of the things that uh, as listeners will go on listening to the show that I will continue to see and talk about and then never, ever, ever notice um, myself. We're going to see the focus method used by someone else uh, that is also currently in prison, but it's going to be the word comply is going to be used there. We Mm -hmm. don't need to say much more about that. Uh, which will be called the Faustus method, which of course is a reference to Fenhoff slash Shevchenko being Dr. Faustus in the comics. Mm-hmm. Right. And finally, a thing that I started to realize and we started to realize when we had Azon, and that is that this brainwashing sort of hypnosis thing feels very similar to Winter Soldier sort of stuff. Yes. And the fact that then he is in contact with Zola is like the final nail in that theory that I've never thought Mm -hmm. before, but which is very clear to me now that they're implying that Fenhoff contributed to the Winter Soldier experiments. Correct. And I think that's very cool. Because any link that they can do to the movies, I appreciate because it means that our our podcast makes more sense. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. And actually, you know, it's funny is that because we've talked about it before, but like I never really fully thought about it right yeah but what i did just do hang on i'm pulling up um this uh page here uh what is interesting and again this also might just be people making some assumptions based on the context here right for ourselves as well or i, I hope that 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 tracked but you know what i'm saying like they, they, i think although they never specifically say in a movie hey this guy helped create the program or whatever right, right. And there's a lot of people who are uh, reading into this uh, the right. same way that we are. If you go to the MCU wiki, though, mm-hmm. um, or database or whatever, or whatever you call yeah. it. Um, MCU wiki, yeah. Yeah, uh, it does have under Johan Fenhoff affiliation, Soviet Armed Forces, Leviathan, and Winter Soldier Program. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's sort of like how they also don't say specifically that Dottie is part of the Black Widow Program. Right. But if you right. look at like the earmarks of what happens and then mm-hmm. you see that it's the same thing. Right, right. Well, I think what is interesting is, that, again, they don't say Black Widow, but they do say the, the, I think they call that the Red Room at one point, though, don't they? 
I don't think so. I think we used the word, the term, but I could have sworn that they said it at one point in there, but I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that was also on the MCU wiki at one point. Yeah, that might, I think which, that... which might make sense. Well, Colin. Yes, James. I have one bit of Avengers Ensemble to close out the season. If you'd be into hearing it. Yes, uh, I would love to hear that. And then uh, I have one final thought as well, but it's like it's a final, final thought. So go ahead. Perfect. We've had a lot of fun here tonight and. It's about to end. No. (laughs) (laughs) Avengers Ensemble. Walt Cooper, United States Senate, is played by John Prosky or Prosky. Uh, He was in one episode of American Horror Story. He was in Straight Outta Compton. Um, He was in six episodes of True Blood, one episode of Fringe, one episode of The Mentalist. Mentalist, mentalist. Uh, two episodes of Flash Forward, one episode of My Name is Earl. I don't know why I included that, but that is a good show. <laughs> uh, ten episodes of Medium, two episodes of Heroes, and I wrote, well, it was the first episode and then the unaired pilot. He played the same character oh, in two yeah. different versions of the same Of the same thing. episode. Yeah. Uh, two episodes of Veronica Mars, one episode of House. He was Atheon technician in the 2003 Hulk, which isn't the Edward Norton version, is it? No, that's the Eric Banner. Um, right. I don't know who what Atheon is. I haven't seen that that movie. I have an. I'm going. Uh, hey, listen. Spoiler alert. And I understand that there's some. Now I ain't gonna lie to you. The boys done and messed up. They went off on a tangent and just derailed the entire show. Let's get back on track, shall we? Tangents. He was in one episode of the X Files. One episode of Twenty Four. One episode of Charmed, one episode of Star Trek Voyager, one episode of Stargate SG-1, one episode of The West Wing, and one episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Hell yeah. I love that. Okay, so super fast. So remember earlier you were like, I don't know why I included... My name is Earl. My name is Earl. It's not exactly nerdy, right? Which is funny because to me, like, it is nerdy, right? But like, not the same type of nerdy. West Wing is not a like a nerdy thing. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's nerdy, but it's not like sure. nerdy. Right? I mean, it's but the nerdy I think it's president. Funny. <laughs> that's true. But I think it's funny that we include it because we like that show. Right. right. So like that's that's very funny to me. Where it's like you don't have to you don't have to uh, justify your my name is Earl shit with me, right? Like I get it. We're putting the West Wing in this. I uh, was looking at my first notes. Mm-hmm. They were very different from how I take notes now. I was like, wow, this is sparse. Really? Yeah. It was like Ryan Coogler is also directing the Black Panther 2 and then a, an upcoming really? Wakanda TV show. And that was it. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It was like not only just comic book stuff, it was like just MCU stuff, like limited to that. And so, yeah. Maybe it's time to go back. Okay. No, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> okay. So. Is that all the... Uh... That's all I got. Yep, that's it. Cool. The Peggy's okay. coworker wasn't there. The prison guard wasn't there. So that's it. I want to... Um... Oh, wait, hang on. Sorry. Here's a quick question. Has Toby Jones done anything new since oh, we Oh, that's an time? excellent question, Colin. I haven't... I didn't look. I should do an update. He's playing the same character, but it's in a different... It's in a new show, so I absolutely right. should be... Um, let's see here. He is working on... I mean, it's only been like th- two months since we last talked about him. Let's see. It looks like he is com- he has completed the Pale Blue Eye. He is in post-production on an untitled Indiana Jones project. Oh, shit. That, uh, he's in the next movie then. Yeah. 
um, that fucking rules. Hell is yeah. in post production of uh, the Tetris movie, and that appears to be it for sort of geeky stuff that looks like it's coming up. So. <sighs> that they're making a Tetris movie. Apparently, oh god, it's going to be unfortunate if they ever have a sold out show because suddenly the entire theater is going to empty. <laughs> it's classic, classic Tetris humor. I'm doing the James face and James reaction. Did you see my little dance with it? Yeah. Good, good, good. good. Okay. Uh, thank you for that uh, update. Yeah. Thank, you, and now, thank you for asking. Keep me honest. Yeah, yeah, And now for an update from my heart to you, the listeners, uh, mm-hmm. before James does the uh, rating of the Stark Vault. Yes. I understand why we never saw Angie Martinelli ever again. Like, because this, of, of where the story in season two goes, like, I understand why we... Literally where it goes. Right. I just think that kind of like how in She-Hulk we had a moment where we kind of cut back to just Wong and Madison chilling out on the sofa. It troubles me and bothers me so that we didn't just have like random cutaways to Angie Martinelli. It pains me that like the... We do see her one more time. Wait, we do? She's in the song and dance number. You're right. You're right. We do see her get, but but like, I mean, do we see her again? You know what I mean? You know what like, I mean? you miss it, right? But I mean, more of like she's there, but oh, it's for like sure. Mm, for we'll, sure. We'll get to that, but okay. But here's here's what I'm saying. I'm never like a. I'm in love with this person, whatever. Right. Right. Angie Martinelli has my entire heart, mm-hmm. and it crushes my soul that I never have the love of my MCU life come back. And yeah. kind of like Peggy, I'm holding out for that day again. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but also, if I really needed to, I guess I could sprinkle Angie Martinelli off the side of the bridge uh, and go, goodbye, at just the way you look tonight. And she's like, I'm still here. I'm just on the phone with my mom. And I'm like, it's like I can still hear you. <laughs> anyway, I'll come um, by the automat someday. I have. Can I deliver a message to your mom? Sure. Uh Hey Collins mom, uh, if you're interested, you probably watched this already. Holy crap, her name was Angie in this too. Lindsay Fonseca was in a, uh, a Hallmark Christmas movie called Next Stop Christmas last year. It's a time travel Christmas train story where she plays a character named Angie Reynolds. Um, so uh, that is something that you can go watch. Uh, she probably Can I be honest with you? I guarantee you when she hears this episode, she's going to go, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I figured you have, but if... You're feeling the Angie Martin. If you like, you want to mm-hmm. console Colin, mm-hmm. and, maybe and pop if, that on. If she's like, she doesn't make it in that one either. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? Hallmark got dark. She gets frozen um, in ice. Wait, she falls oh, off the train. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Uh, so. Hulk, uh, Winter Soldier. Oh, fuck. Hang on. You. Oh, no. Okay. Final, final note. Yes, I yes, 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 yes. But yes. It just when you were describing the movie. Yeah. I thought for a second that the title was, what, what was it one more time? Uh, Next Stop Christmas. Because of what you were saying, you were saying next stop Christmas comment last year. That's I thought a- the name of the movie was next stop Christmas last year. And I was like, wow, time is weird in that one. Apparently. Can, can I say I like that title just slightly better? <laughs> you know what? Actually? Oh shit. That would be a good sequel. Oh yeah. Because it's a sequel. That's a prequel, but it's still a sequel. Right. Because it does happen in the future, but then they have to go to the past. Yeah. Right. It's like back to the future. Right, it doesn't exactly. make sense, but if you squint at it, it does. Right. 
it's a little bit like the the uh, what's his name uh, John Mulaney bit about that where he's like yeah. pitching that and they go so it's called Back to the Past right and he goes ah oh, we didn't even think of that one <laughs> well now you're gonna laugh it's Back to the Future <laughs> hey I'm going to put myself on the naughty list by breaking into the Howard Stark vault one last time in this season okay uh, and but I gotta pay for my my lawyer's fees gonna get that uh, that two abrogat what's it what do they call Two the, those two avocados uh, from mm-hmm. Hell's Kitchen. Avocados, avocados at law. Yeah, the oh, avocados oh, at law. Got to get that. Got to get that cash. So what I'm going to do is talk about the Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/the Scavengers Network does fund the Scavengers Network uh, legal fund. <laughs> it doesn't not fund it. Um, That's a fair assessment. So here's what you do: you go to uh, Patreon.com/slash/the-scavenger-network for two dollars a month. All the way on up to a million dollars a month, you can become a patron of the Scavenger Network and get access to all sorts of bonus content, stuff like written content, uh, video content, uh, audio content. You can get access to uh, outtakes, bonus episodes, and even whole shows that we only put on the Patreon. Uh, and it's the 26th of December, which means presumably it's getting very close to the release of Timeline Scavengers Annual Number 2 colon question mark question mark question mark right i I will say i'm sorry i'm thinking real quick i i don't know for sure i mean it's all gonna be based right uh the response to this is all based around my travel and timing so i'm not saying by the new year no i know but i'm just saying like by now the episode is either it just came out or it's gonna be out in a couple days gotcha 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 so like it literally i would say four days give or take you're close to it and one of the ways you might be close to it is that it's already out. So why don't you go to patreon.com slash the scavenger network and find out about Schrodinger's <laughs> Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's uh, timeline scavenger annual. <laughs> time is weird, but also time might not be weird. Until you until you sign up as a patron, it is both released and not released. So mm. um that is going to do Such it for that. us for season one of Agent Carter. Uh that's us for nineteen forty-six. We are moving swiftly through the 40s, and it's just going to start picking up speed. Colin, I'm really, really excited to, for what 2023 holds. Yo, same. same. It's going to be really good. I think we have one more episode in this year, though. Oh, uh, we do. We have two more episodes in this oh. year, but so we have one. that's okay. I'm still excited for what 2023 holds. Me too. Uh, as always, as I have been all year and will continue to be into 2023, I am James Anderson. And I... As always, and from now until the foreseeable future, am the number one Angie Martinelli stand, Colin Barker. Okay, and uh, where is where is Jack Thompson? Because I want to congratulate him on his excellent, excellent podcast. Give him a hearty Excelsior! I just did the Excelsior that needed to be done. <laughs> The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.